0: This is the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. Uh, straight ahead, during the 6 o'clock hour, we've got a $50 billion plus deficit now up in Sacramento. What should we do? We'll talk. Also, during the 5 o'clock hour, why are the Republicans in Congress trying to link funding for Ukraine to increase support for our U.S. border? We'll hear from Rich. We'll hear from you. It is the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. First up, always good to check in with Mr. Joe Brittingham from the Brittingham Financial Group to find out all the latest news, economic and otherwise. Here he is. Mr. Brittingham, good afternoon. Hi, Dave Congleton. How are you, sir?
1: Excellente. How are you? Uh, Bueno. Um,
0: But I I need a disclaimer, please.
1: Yes, Dave, thank you for having me on your show again. Always enjoy listening uh, to your show and then also participating on it. Um, you know, I'm sharing with you my opinions. I, I do work as a certified financial planner professional, and I clear through LPL Financial, which is a broker-dealer, member FINRA, SIPC. But the opinions I share with you are those of my own.
0: Fair enough. We always start by asking how things went on Wall Street. I have the feeling they went well.
1: Yeah, they, they finished on an uptick. I mean, it was pretty clear all day the markets were just hanging on waiting for the Fed's comments and which is very common um you know every time they come out, but it seemed to be pretty quiet most of the day until they came out with their comments and then we finished with a nice strong uh finish kind of across the board. The Dow Jones topped 37,000 today. Uh year to date the Dow is up just a hair under 12%. The S&P is at 4707, is up 22.6%, and the NASDAQ is 14.733, and the NASDAQ is up 40% year-to-date.
0: All sounds good, but I know people are particularly interested in what happened with the Fed, and that might be part of some of this good
1: news. Yeah, well, today and yesterday is the last meeting of the Federal Open Market Committee, which sets policy for the Federal Reserve, and obviously for the last couple of years they've been raising rates raising rates raising rates raising rates to deal with inflation and um that those numbers have come down and, and this is the third meeting now in a row where they have not raised so and they made some adjustments in their language again the world, whole of the world hangs on every word that the fed says so they're very careful with what they say but um not only did they not raise rates today, but now they're signaling rates coming down in 2024.
0: Right, so the obvious question there is your reaction. Were you surprised?
1: A little surprised that they announced the rates coming down. You know that that would be you know a reasonable thing to see with with certain other conditions. I was not ready to see them say that. I thought that they were just going to kind of take a more passive position, but they're clearly making adjustments to their policy and and kind of, you know, gauging the markets. The Fed has, has to kind of act with a lot of anticipation. They tend to do things before it's necessary so that they don't have to, like, overdo things later. So a lot of it is just, you know, their best guesswork based on economic data that comes in. Um, but they're, at this time, not tightening interest rates anymore. And, uh, you know, we may see sometime next year rates starting to come down. There's anticipation for three or four rate cuts. And and it varies by the different Fed presidents. You know, everybody's got their own opinion in the dot plots. They sure. put their own opinion on there. Um, but, you know, pretty much across the board, that there's an expectation that rates will will start to come down next year.
0: Well, we should back up, Joe, do a little bit of Econ 101. Uh, Remind our listeners about the role of the Fed. What's its purpose in, in monetary policy?
1: Yeah, well, look, the Federal Reserve was not always something that the United States had. It's the central bank. And basically, there's two objectives for the Fed. One is to keep everybody employed, maximum employment, and two is price stability in other words controlling inflation not letting it get out of hand and they have a benchmark goal of about a 2% inflation rate is what they like to see so their policy you know kind of helps with trying to produce those two results keep keeping people employed and having a more modest but sustainable channel for inflation. And, you know, it's the central bank. So they're the ones who basically will print money and inject money into the system. And they're the ones who will withdraw money from the system from time to time. They'll raise rates. They'll lower rates. Whatever the economy needs, they're the ones that have the tools and have been granted those powers for monetary policy. So then so, follow up on that. Yeah.
0: What would you say their goal is right now?
1: Well, their goal up to this point has clearly been, uh, you know, to manage inflation, get it back down to where it's not, you know, getting out of control. And you know, we're here in California, Dave. We, we probably don't have like a real clear view on on how this is going. If you compare the rest of the fifty states, right, um, things are a lot more expensive here naturally. Uh, but you know, ultimately, the their goal is to you know keep the the economy solvent keep the economy healthy, and, you know, up until just here recently, it's been attack inflation, attack inflation, attack inflation. So, you know, they are projecting a slower growth year next year, so that might warrant, you know, some some uh, rate cuts, but I really don't think that they will actually cut rates until they start seeing unemployment numbers, you know, ticking up a little bit. That's where I think is gonna be the impetus for them. But it should fare well for various different segments of the market, including fixed income, including equities.
0: Well, it, they must be doing something right since we continue to be able to avoid a recession. As you know, for the last three years, that's been hanging over us, but it hasn't happened yet.
1: You know, and and we never really know when we're in a recession until after the fact, because all that data is is lagging, right? um so i think that what we call a soft landing hard landing you know a uh, a hard landing would be dealing with a recession and you know having policy changing as a result of that um, but it's very possible considering the resilience of the united states economy that the fed is going to succeed with a soft landing in other words not seeing a recession maybe a little slowdown but unlike other parts of the world right now the us is not in a recession.
0: Hm. So then I was reading an article earlier today and the guy is arguing that whenever there's a fed meeting, the market seems to jump around immediately before or after the fed's meet. Was he right?
1: Well, if you pay attention, Dave, and you know, I like to try to time our our conversations around those meetings if we're able. Um but yeah, there's there's no question it's very common to see heightened volatility and fluctuations before and after these Fed meetings because of so much anticipation. The Fed has a lot of power, you know, the little decisions that they make, the little words that they'll choose to use, um, that has an impact on investor psychology and where managers put money, and uh, it it has a lot to do with, with the psychology of the market. So... I think the whole world hangs on every word. So naturally, when they're coming out with their policy statements, and they'll come out like eight different times throughout the year, um, and I think it's excellent times to pay attention, to see what they're saying, to review the portfolios and make adjustments as necessary.
0: Well, answer this then. What are you hearing from your clients? And give me a second to set this up, please. I I defer Mm -hmm. to you on... All these issues. But uh, like yesterday, the Tribune had an article, the price of gas is down in the county. There are some places it's actually less than $4. We've avoided a recession. Inflation seems to be dropping. But I don't hear the average person on the street reflecting that. There still seems to be economic concern, despite indicators being positive. How do you explain that
1: well naturally if you're if you're not invested to keep up with inflation, then your purchasing power of your savings you know starts to to crumble, and you can't you can't buy as much, so that could be part of it um, you know so far, we have avoided a recession, and the housing market due to you know a shortage of housing has helped prices stay rich and you know that that's also important component to this because historically recessions you know have, have been coupled through difficult housing markets uh... oftentimes Um so i don't know wage growth has, has been you know still ahead of the 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 current inflation so i guess it just depends on the individual and what their circumstances are because if they're in the market if they're if they're invested and they have assets I, well, if they're in the right things, they should be feeling pretty good right now.
0: Because again, my impression is is that things are improving, say from two years ago.
1: Yeah, I mean, we had a you know rough twenty two. We had a strong twenty one. Of course, a lot of things went you know in weird directions after COVID, with all the stimulus that we saw. You know, that's inflationary supply chain disruptions that you know that caused bottlenecks and price increases and. It's been it's been you know wrestling the alligator to try to get it back to a normal market conditions. you know. And then again, we're here in the US. so we have a different take on it than, than a lot of the world in in terms of being the world reserve currency and so on. So um, But I think at this point, things look positive. Uh, the The language from the Fed is certainly not discouraging in any way. There's no alarm bells that I hear ringing, but I also think that they were projecting a little softer economic growth for next year.
0: We have a listener texting and arguing with us, suggesting that we were indeed in a recession because we had two negative quarters this year of no growth.
1: Well, a recession is going to be negative quarter, like, Consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth, which we did experience immediately after COVID hit, but it was very brief. You know, so you know, again, we really won't know if there's a recession generally until after the fact. You know, when we've we've seen contraction, but at this time there's no there's no evidence of contraction for our economy. It's still pretty resilient, pretty strong.
0: All right, uh, Joe Brittingham is with us. His website is.
1: Brittinghamfinancialgroup.com. Best phone number to call? 805-295-6555. We
0: will continue our conversation. Mr. Brittingham, I'm Dave Congleton. We're live, we're local. It's Hometown Radio. We in conversation, or we are in conversation. Joe Brittingham checking on the economy. If you want in on the conversation, if you have a question or a comment, we would need to hear from you now, please. 805-543-8830 is the number. Although, Mister Brittingham, I digress for a moment because mm. I'm on Facebook with you. You're just back from Necker Island. You go there a lot, and you met Ke- here? you met Kevin Costner.
1: I did meet Kevin Costner. You got to give me a story. Yeah.
0: Got to give me a story.
1: Nice guy. He's actually somebody that I've, about 35 years ago, I had, after he did Dances with Wolves, I really had, uh, ambition to meet him and just had no idea how to go about it. And here it happened. Yeah, I go to Necker usually right before Thanksgiving each year for a tennis pro-am fundraiser event there for Virgin Unite and some other foundations. And he was one of the attractions this year. And, uh, he's obviously been through a lot and um just enjoying himself yeah nice guy really likable seemed like a really nice man i really enjoyed spending some time with him
0: what do you say to kevin Coster?
1: what do i say to him yeah what do you say when know, you know, meet you know, kevin Costner? i mean i'll be honest i don't usually get very starstruck and i was a little bit starstruck you know um but you know he just just a just a real chill guy man just treat him like everybody else you know very happy to meet a bunch of people and we had a couple chats. We had lunch. I had a lot of questions to, to him about you know the industry that he's in and how he does things. And Does he play he chess? He definitely seems like a go-getter. Does he you know? play chess? I didn't see him playing any chess, no. Mm-hmm. No. But very likable guy.
0: All right. As are you. Joe Brittingham is Thank our you. guest. you. Now, you mentioned the Fed earlier. I just want to circle back. it, sure. it Again, as the layperson, it sounds like they're feeling more hopeful than they were a while ago. So given that, what are the, what are they expecting in 2024? What are the projections they're making?
1: So, yeah, at this point, they are projecting a slower GDP growth for the United States in 24. I think 1.8% was what I remember their projections being, which is a little below like the longer-term average. Um, but that should also help with their inflation uh, mandate as well. And you know, I would like I said, I don't, I don't think you're going to actually see rates being cut by the Fed until unemployment starts to tick up a little bit, as I mentioned earlier. Um, so, but I think just a little more sluggish economy than what we've seen in terms of recovery this year.
0: So, what about your crystal ball? What are you forecasting, say, for interest rates next year?
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, it's not only the U.S., Dave. It's the globe, right? There's going to be kind of a global. Rates coming down, and the U.S. will be part of that. Um, you know, we're not in a recession, but the eurozone is dealing with that, so they're going to see rates probably come down faster than ours. I don't see a, like a, a real aggressive campaign for them to lower rates, and the markets might price some of that in before they actually do the the cuts themselves. So, I you know, it's a fourth year of an election, uh, so I would certainly expect to hear to see some volatility from time to time. And in in the face of some slowdown, that could increase volatility. So uh, I'm certainly preparing my clients for the ups and downs and helping them asset allocation, helping with their asset allocation models to make sure that they're balanced and they're, they're, they're comfortable through those periods of time.
0: But how do you do that when there's so much uncertainty?
1: Well, there's uncertainty in lots of part of the markets, but there's still lots of – Business as usual going on. So depending on what kind of risk and returns investors want, there's just a whole spectrum of different choices. I have found a nice home in the high, high quality type companies, uh, which makes for a very stable business and a very, um, you know, stable clientele. I'm not trying to like reinvent certain things or, or, or necessarily hit it out of the park all the time. I'm just trying to you know get singles and doubles and you know. Keep, keep the keep the, the portfolio on the track where it's not bouncing around a whole lot. Um, and that seems to be working really well these days.
0: You sound cautious.
1: I'm always cautiously optimistic. I mean, there's times when I'll have more fear than others. I mean, certainly assets are are appreciating right now, and, and certainly a good time for investors. Their results this year, they should be pretty happy with how those have turned out. Um, but, you know, there's always the what-ifs things that we can't predict that would happen that would send the markets, you know, in the very short term, you know, having some challenges and some volatility. So I try to prepare my investors for those uncertainties and have a plan for for how they can attack difficult markets.
0: Hmm. I know you don't always like to predict, but since we're approaching the new year, can you give our listeners a sense of where there might be some investment opportunities in
1: 2024? Well, yeah, you bet. Now some, you know, basically anything that I'm like recommending to my clients generally we're looking at a longer term time horizon which, which strips away a lot of the risk in most cases, right? Um, value, large cap value, dividend growth models look attractive here. I think that there's some real opportunity. Should the market slow down? Should there be that kind of volatility? You know, these are opportunities where When they're a little cheaper, like, like they might be right now, the dividend yields are up, you know, it's, if, if investors can, like, take, encounter the, the fear of investing, right? You know, a lot of investors just have a lot of fear of this. If they're able to encounter that with an advisor that they trust, that they're comfortable with, they can usually make good out of those difficult markets. So, but certainly it's good to, to have some kind of plan for when those things happen. We just don't know when they're gonna happen. But certainly there's opportunity. Today, the Russell 2000 rallied. It's up about 10% year-to-date, so lagging behind the Dow, the S&P, and the NASDAQ. But it was up over 3% today. So the smaller companies uh, really, you know, it looks like there's some potential um, in, that, in that as of today, at least. You know, big move today, 3% in the, in the, in the move is big.
0: Joe Brittingham is on this broadcast, financial advisor extraordinaire. His website is?
1: Brittinghamfinancialgroup.com. Phone number? 805-295-6555.
0: So here we are in the fourth quarter, marching towards the end of the year, looking back on this year. How has it been, Joe? What do you think the big economic story of 2023 is?
1: Well, you know, obviously it was a, a very strong start first half of the year following a tough year last year, we saw the the usual slowdown in the summertime, and then now it looks like we're having a strong finish to the year. So I think it's certainly one that investors will be glad that they didn't bail on their investments when things were rough and they've made, you know, full recoveries, if not better. Um, I certainly feel like it's a privilege to do what I do, Dave, in terms of helping investors with some of the most sensitive needs. Um These things can get very personal, right you know you got family relationships you got spousal relationships you got mixed families you got estate planning you got taxes, lots of things and and so having good conversations where where we can you know put the pieces together of the puzzle, look at the same picture and and develop a plan and implement those investments uh is a really good thing to do and if, this is a time of year where you know first of the year um you, you a lot of times we'll see some interesting activity because for some investors that might want to make some sales uh this year, you know, maybe they'll wait till next year till before, you know, they'll do that to avoid capital gains exposure for this year, so
0: Well, um, you you've said a number of times on the show that people need not to panic. And, you know, uh, buckle down and just hang on for the long run yeah. and things will yeah. stabilize. I mean, that
1: doesn't mean you ignore what you're doing. It means you have to have the stomach to go through the short term uncertainties. I've been through a ton of them in the 27 years I've been doing this and things seem to come through on the other end pretty well every time. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's certainly, it's certainly going to be work at times, but I think there's tremendous opportunity. I mean, there's record levels of cash right now in money markets, in cash, in CDs, trillions and trillions of dollars that won't stay there when rates start coming down. Yeah. So investors can get ahead of it. They can call me. We can set up a, a, a consultation. And if they are candidates, we can, we can move forward.
0: Glad to hear that the economy is doing so well. Uh, what the last time on the website, sir?
1: com.
0: All right, Joe. Happy holidays. Thanks for joining us today.
1: And to you, thank you. Have a great holiday. Thank you
0: very much. Off we go. News, traffic, weather. Rich checks in next. Let's talk about Ukraine and the Mexican border. Stick around.